What's up, y'all? It's your girl, KB, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Convos podcast, where we believe it's not a hard conversation, it's a heart conversation. Join with me today. Back together again is my lovely co-host, Raffine. What's up, Raffine? Hey, hey. It's good to see you. How was your week? Good to be seen. You know? it's a lot going on in the world right now. I need to know. My week has been fine. I mean, it's interesting all that is happening and all that is the world right now. But I'm doing fine. I feel healthy. I am staying in as much as I can outside of just going out to get some fresh air, doing a walk outside. Um, I actually worked in person last week, though. And so this week has been more telehealth so we'll see what happens i'm not i don't really get cabin fever stir crazy because i'm introverted and i love being in the house anyway so this is just my regular life on steroids but Mm. my other friends like you i check on them (laughs) so i saw a meme it was like introverts your extroverted friends are not okay check on them (laughs) and i was like that is accurate (laughs) send that to me because i need to post that as soon as possible (laughs) because let me tell you anybody who is living their best life right now during this quarantine and with the pandemic happening around the world like if you're comfortable right now and living like just you're well like you if you ever questioned before are an introvert point blank period there is not one extrovert on the planet on the planet right now that is excited about this daggone quarantine or is relaxing during this quarantine or is refreshing. Like, no, this feels like torture being told to socially distance yourself from people not having touch. If your love language is touch, you're miserable right now. That would be me, the extrovert and the toucher. Listen, the struggle is absolutely real right now. I'm not for me. miserable and part of my love language is touch. Yeah, no, no, you introverted. And so (laughs) we're just going to go back to that. Okay, man, it is a whole thing right now, which leads me to which leads me to how my last week has gone. There has been a lot of adjusting mentally and emotionally and practically for me. Um, As an entrepreneur, I stay at home. The house is my office and it's usually just me here. And I've gone from just me to me and a three-year-old to me and my husband to me and a housemate. Like there are four of us in the house at all times from the time that we wake up to the time we go to sleep. And that is different for me being used to, you know, being used to the isolation Um, when it comes to like my work hours and being able to be productive. I can control how I use my time when I do what now that is all very, very flexible. Um, However, we did implement a, uh, schedule for Amari's life. We started Praise that today. The Lord. Insert clap yeah. here. Listen, because as an entrepreneur and an artist and working, um, I mean, my husband being a missionary full time, like our life is like, quote unquote, a freestyle at all times. Um, so Amari is a freestyle baby. Like she knows how to get in where she fits in. She knows how to just go with the flow. And we love that about her. Like she's not one of those kids that can't function outside of a routine. However, <laughs> the last week of this uh, shutdown situation, we like, oh, no, nah, we, we need some structure up in this place. And so 
Um, we can't send her to school. And we ha- she hasn't been in school for two weeks now. And so here we are at home homeschooling. And she's got time slots when she does everything. And right now she's supposed to be in a nap for a two-hour block. And as you can hear in the black background, she is clicking something in a kitchen. But as long as she's not out of that room, I am okay with it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of change, a lot of variety happening right now. But we're doing all right. We're making it. And we're thankful. Um, for health and life and strength. And so that's that. Well, in today's episode, we are going to pick up part two of a topic we jumped into a couple weeks ago. Um, We talked about abortion Um, a couple weeks ago. We heard Raffinae's story and how um, she went through the process of getting pregnant, her choice to um, abort and how life has looked afterwards. And we actually didn't get to the latter. Um, and so what we wanted to do was jump into a part two and kind of hear what life has been since that decision. Um, how long ago was that? And did I say that politically correct? In a, in a politically correct way? You got pregnant and decided to abort? That's fine. Or terminate any of those words. I'm okay with those words. Okay, got you. So yeah, how has life looked since then? We I think we stopped in that episode was just kind of reliving high school because this happened in high school. Raffinae is now mid thirties, and so it, it's a, it's been a been a while. So if you can kind of take us back to maybe college, and because that was your senior year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So senior yeah. year of high school, all of that happened. What did college look like? What did post college look like? And yeah, how have you been walking through things? Um, we'll try to give people a few snapshots and then. I would love to just just tie a bow on all of this with your most recent statement of not being pro-life or pro-choice. Um, and I would love for the people to kind of hear your perspective on that. So take it away, Raffinae. So college was interesting. Uh, I mean, college was fun. I had a good time. I moved away from the city where I've been living, which I think was good for me to be removed from that environment and just go have a new experience. It was hard. I think I mentioned in the last episode that every year on the anniversary for a while, I would just feel down in the dumps. Just, it was, it was, I just felt blue if I was going to describe it with a color. It was very sad, very heavy, felt kind of overwhelmed. And that happened for about the first four years. And so at the fourth year, I was just like, there is no way I can continue to do this every year. It, it is exhausting. It is literally draining. Now, all throughout the year. when you say year, do this, when you say do this, you mean like fall into this depressive state? Fall into this deep, like sadness, regret, feeling very blue and feeling very sad, like on the day, mm-hmm. regardless of what had happened the day prior. And mm-hmm. the day after it could potentially be different. But just on the day that I terminated, like, I just felt back in... It was almost like I was back at the actual day that it happened. Mm-hmm. And throughout the year, there would be stuff that would happen throughout the year where I would get sad or I would wonder, like, what if? And I would have all these questions about, like, what would my kid be like? Would they be more like me or more like their father? Would they do music? And just all of those questions that don't get answered 
And so at the fourth year, I was just like, I can't. There's no way I can continue to live my life like this. Like, this Mm. is overwhelming and exhausting every single year. And so I prayed. And I was just like, Lord, I need you to help me. Like, I don't. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I've not really let this go. I don't know if this is going to be my life, but I really would like for this to not be so heavy. I'm not saying I want to forget about it. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to remember that. I just, I don't want it to seem to like control my life. It's like, like this cloud rose in every year on this day and it just hovers all day. And then there's a little bit of sunshine through the clouds for the rest of the 364 days. So when that happened, I, I remember someone called me and they were like, how you doing today? And I was like, I'm actually not having a great day. And they were like, Oh, uh, why? And so I was just telling them, I was like, it's the anniversary of like this big, really big thing in my life. And every year I just get down in the pits and just kind of, I didn't tell them specifically what it was, but Mm-hmm. I was just like, I prayed today and I just asked the Lord to like help me because I just, I don't want to continue to feel this way. And so they were mm-hmm. like, okay, like I'll pray with you. And so they prayed and I can say confidently from that year on, it was different every year thereafter. And I still think about it. I think about it a lot. I can't say that I think about it every day, but I do think about it a lot. I do think about how mm-hmm. different my life would be. I think about the fact that I probably would not know most of the people that I know now because mm. I anticipate I wouldn't have moved. I anticipate I wouldn't have been in Dallas, which wouldn't have connected me to all these people, which wouldn't have connected me to all these other people. So, like, you are mm-hmm. one of those people that I'm like, I probably would not know you. Oh, yeah. Um, And now I find my life is more characterized by... The fact that this is part of my story and I feel more free and able to share it with other people without feeling guilt or condemnation or shame. Like if other people try to guilt me, I just be looking like, I mean, you can't like I don't allow other people that kind of power because I know that I've been forgiven. And so I choose to walk freely in the forgiveness that I believe that God has given me. And um I'm not on this whole, like, oh, I need to forgive myself train. I won't even get into all of that, but I just, I'm not a fan of that idea. I don't think it's a real thing. Whoa. Um, wait, wait, wait. You, you, you don't think it is a real thing to what? To forgive, forgive yourself? Forgive yourself. Yes. Not for me. You don't want to talk about it? I don't no, even know I what, th- I mean, I, I'm trying to understand, well, like, kind of where you're I'll coming from. I'll say this. At a high level, as a Christian, for me, as a follower of Jesus Christ, and a believer, and I believe that he is my savior, I believe that if I need to forgive myself, then what's the point of the savior? Why do I have a need for a savior if I'm walking around here giving myself so much power that it's like, well, I just really got to forgive myself and get over this before I can move on. Like, no, I need to walk freely in the forgiveness that Jesus has given me and be confident in that. And so that's just my own thing that I ascribe to. I don't discount other people if they believe that, but just for raffiné, that's not a thing. Like, forgiving yourself, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, yeah, I just, the for me, the concept is like, no, that's not what it is. I don't need to forgive me. Like, forgiving raffiné doesn't trump the forgiveness that God has given me. 
and choosing to use that and be bold and confident in that across the board, not just like in certain areas of my life, Mm -hmm. which sometimes Mm -hmm. I think happens in the Christian spheres. Yeah, I've definitely heard um, that language like Jesus has forgiven you, but you need to forgive yourself, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know that I completely know what that means either. I don't know that I've ever thought about forgiving myself because um, I've been so consumed to whether or not Jesus has forgiven me <laughs> <laughs> for the stuff that I've done. I'm like, I'm just trying to be I'm trying to make sure that he's forgiven me because yeah, I know, sure. uh, you know, I didn't done some real bad things in life, people. And I'm surprised I'm not in jail, but that's a whole nother thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, so so so. But I've I've heard the language. I'm not familiar with the idea. Maybe one of the listeners is familiar and would be willing to kind of flesh that out with us, um, because I don't think either one of us can fair can you know say you know with a clear conscience like oh yeah we know what people mean when they say this and we don't agree. <laughs> I think both of us are probably like I don't even know what you mean when you say this, and that's not important to me. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that okay yeah. So I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on that back to you so um yeah so I'm able to allow this be part of my story but it's not what characterizes me I I don't think it sums me up as an individual or as a person Mm -hmm. and I feel confident in that I am able to not only talk to people about abortion and about what it's like to go through that process but Last week we talked, or two weeks ago, we talked a little bit about just the process of grieving. And I'm not saying it's the same as other grief, but at the at the core of it, there is a loss. There's grief that happens. And so being able to identify over the years what it's like for me to grieve and how how that manifests itself in different spaces and seasons of my life. And so in a more recent season... I was able to talk with the ex-boyfriend just about how this was from his vantage point. And this was probably a couple of years ago. So we were still pretty far removed from it, like maybe Mm -hmm. 14 years, 13, 14 years removed from it. And so I was able to talk with him just about what it was like back then to hear some of his thoughts just because there was a period of time where I was incredibly bitter towards him and I would not even like don't you look at me let alone mm. say hello mm-hmm. and I was able to kind of go back and talk to him about his thoughts apologize for some areas where I felt like I owed him an apology for some of the things that I did or did not do mm-hmm. um and own up to my role and my part because I think it could be easy for me to play the victim and be like, well, all these things happened to me and all these things. But, like, there are things that I could have done better or that I could have changed in the process. I think it also, this year, I um, I said I was going to sit down and just, like, write a letter because I had these, I felt very sad this year. And I think I mentioned that last time and... Um, sad more so just because I was like, man, this is like, I was just surprised at how long it had been. It hit me in a different kind of way this year. I don't know why in particular. I can't really attribute it to anything. But I just felt this overwhelming sadness. Um, 
And so I said I was going to just write a letter of all the things I had questions about, all the thoughts I had, all the like what ifs and just like get them out of me and get them Mm -hmm. on paper so that Mm -hmm. they weren't just kind of looming. I haven't done it yet. Um, It's something on my list of things to do while I'm on a stay at home. But I... It came across my mind, and so usually when things like that come across my mind, I'm like, it's something I need to do. I, I sure. don't need to question, like, why did this come up, or why am I thinking about this? Just do it. Like, sure. You right. got the idea? Do it. So that is something that I want to do, and um, I've, I've, I shared in a blog um, a little over a year ago this story. That was, like, the first kind of public sharing of this thing. And I was very surprised at the response that I got because there were several people that I know that responded and was like, oh, I've had this kind of similar story. Thanks for sharing. This was encouraging or um, it's great to hear like other people have been through this or it's um, it's encouraging to hear kind of how you process through this. And that felt good to me because. I really do believe that the things that we go through and the things we experience in our life are not just for us. And sometimes it's easy to keep that stuff to ourselves because we don't want to be judged or feel shame Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. we don't want people's view of us to change. And I think at the end of the day, I'm just reminded, like, my story's not just for me. Like, I haven't gone through this stuff so I could just hoard it and keep it to myself. And so... It's not always the most comfortable thing to talk about. People aren't always, like, jumping up and down, like, ooh, come speak on abortion. Like, (laughs) I mean, but I think it's needed and it's necessary. And I've had the opportunity to talk to women, single, married, Christians, non-Christians, about my decision, about their own decision, about questions. And, I mean, I don't profess to be an expert at it but I've been through it and I can share like what it was like from my experience sure Mm -hmm. and be a listening ear for people and so I'm grateful for that even if it's Mm -hmm. not at a large scale or on a big platform I'm not looking for that I I like the more one-on-one anyway the introvert in me kind of thrives in that Mm -hmm. being able to sit and talk with people one-on-one about their experience or questions they have or yeah weighing out their options that's yeah. good. Hey, thanks for sharing and for kind of walking us through what life has kind of been been about post um, decision to you know abort. Um, I I remember when I when I found out that this is a part of your story and just thinking like, wait, what? Like it was almost like I was being led into a world that I had no context for because I met you as an like an adult adult like you know what I'm saying like post college. Like you were pursuing your career, you know, and just just in a different, you know, completely removed, I feel like from maybe from that space, at least at the time. And I just the way you even shared just felt like it just felt gracious, like your place about it, although you had been sad and that's why it came up. I think it was Mm -hmm. on like one of the days, you know. Um, I don't know if it was like literal the anniversary or like you were just in a place, you know, that day. Um, but I just remember thinking like, wow, like what a picture of God's grace, you know, 
that I get to just kind of watch day in and day out. And every, I mean, I've known you for 10 years and every wave of grief that has come in different seasons or low place that you've, you've been in at different points, I'm like, the Lord just continues to walk with her through it, you know, so graciously. And, and um, I, I, I only know maybe like one or two other stories of people who have also had abortions. And there's, um, for the ones that I've been able to talk with, like beyond just kind of knowing that as a fact is, is there's a lot of um, regret and guilt associated with it. And um, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I just, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you, like if you, it, yeah, I just wonder how people cope is the question. Um, like I've watched you cope and I've heard of other people struggling to cope because they feel guilty. And I just wonder like, if you have any thoughts about how people can cope who have, decided to abort and are trying their best to live life, you know, now on the other side of it, whether they have more children or, um, you know, have never had children since or whatever. Yeah. I think that's a great question. I think this could be useful also for people that may be friends or family members with someone that has, and yeah. they're having difficulty coping. Uh, for me, I my faith has been an incredible rock. I I know everyone doesn't ascribe to faith beliefs, but for me that has been crucial. I also went to therapy. Um, not immediately after it was several years later, but it came up in the context of going to therapy, and. My therapist was able to connect that decision to a lot of other things in my life that I was like, that ain't connected, girl. And she'd be looking at me like, I'm pretty sure I'm the therapist. This is before I even became a therapist. <laughs> so, um, you know, just not realizing the way that things are so intertwined in our lives sometimes and the way we go about making decisions or not making decisions because of things we've done in the past and how those things sometimes begin to subconsciously drive you or motivate you or demotivate you. Mm -hmm. um, I found doing hobbies was helpful too. So I really enjoy reading. So I remember early on after it happened, I was in high school, but I was just like not trying to go out with my friends as much and stuff on the weekend. So I found myself doing more reading, logic puzzles, uh, nerdy stuff that I like to do, um, <laughs> word searches, just things that I enjoyed. And then music has always been an outlet for me. And so I, as much as I wanted to not sing, I pushed myself to continue to sing because I know that that's a huge outlet for me. So I think if there are things you enjoy or hobbies that like bring you life or give you joy or help you to like just have a down moment, because I think sometimes with coping, people think like, oh, it doesn't make things go away. It doesn't solve my problems. And that's not the point of coping. Like, you cope all day, every day. Coping is just what you do to help you deal. So I cope when I'm at work and I have to deal with that coworker that I don't like. It's not just about distressing emotions, which I think most people associate coping with. And so 
it can be for the sake of just getting some temporary relief in a moment. And if that is reading a book or singing or listening to my favorite song on repeat 50 times or coloring or journaling or going outside and taking a walk, whatever, like use those things to help you, not just in the moments that are rough, but in the moments when things are good, because it's good for your body and your mental health and your emotions Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. have that stuff too. Um, I think if you're, if you find yourself like walking along someone that's made this decision and they're having a hard time, just like being there. Sometimes I think you don't have to know what to say. It's kind of like when people die and people are like, I don't know what to say. It's like, well, don't say nothing then. Just just go be. Take mm-hmm. them some food and just sit there. Or, sure. you know, ask them, is there something that I can do? I think mm-hmm. there's no harm in that. And people don't always know what they need in a moment. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they do and we don't ask. And so I can ask someone, hey, what would you like for me to do right now? Yeah. And I am totally okay if they say, I really don't know. And it's like, okay, well... I'm here, like... I'm available. If mm-hmm. you if you find out later, like, please share with me later. Um, sure. I've had that conversation recently with a friend that's going through something, and she's like, Raphne, I really don't know. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I just want you to know that I'm thinking about it and that I'm here mm-hmm. if you do decide to know. And I also will ask again. Like, mm-hmm. I feel the freedom to, not like tomorrow, but... Sure, sure. <laughs> you know now, a- it's been 30 minutes. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of weeks or nah, a few days, I would if they ask said the next day, if they said <laughs> they, you know, they were going to think about it for a few days, I might give them a week and follow back up. Like, hey, you know, have you had some time to think about it? I'm not trying to pressure you. I just want to check back in so that they know, like, this is me trying to be thoughtful and like still being aware of what's going on in your world. Um, all of that is really, really good. And again, I appreciate you sharing. Um, I think just to kind of wrap up our time, I would really love to hear your perspective about this whole pro-life, pro-choice thing. And and you kind of slipped it in on the tail end of our conversation after I, I, I hit stop, you know, <laughs> about how you wanted to tell the people that you weren't, you know, pro-life or pro-choice. And that just sent me off on a whole soapbox, which I will try not to get on <laughs> um, again this episode. Uh, but I would love to hear just why you don't feel like you need to declare yourself as one or the other so this actually came this discussion came up a few years ago so there's a a young lady I know randomly one day she messaged me and was like Raphne are you pro-life or pro-choice and I was like that is so random who just texts somebody out the blue and like are you pro-life or Mm pro-choice and so I sat there and I thought about it for a second And I texted her back, and I was like, neither. (laughs) And Mm. she was like, what? And so I sent her a voice memo, and I was just like, I don't ascribe to either one of those beliefs. I think for for me, it's a little too polarized and a a little too, like, rigid, I guess. So for me... I'm not pro-life, I'm not pro-choice because I think, one, as a woman that has gone through with an abortion and made a decision to terminate, I don't think it's up to me or anybody else to tell 
a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. I think about all the what if scenarios like what if someone was assaulted and they got pregnant. It's not up to me to say, hey, keep that baby and you just raise it. Or you you carry that baby all those nine months and then give it up for adoption. Like, no, that's, that is not up to me to make that kind of decision. I also am not on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, oh, just do whatever the heck you want to do. It's like, I think I've... <laughs> I, <laughs> You, you that voice i'm wondering who on on the pro-choice side is like do whatever the <laughs> heck you want to do <laughs> i think i i think i am i think where i land is like it's a case by case scenario by scenario decision that someone chooses to make and I also believe that it's not an easy decision as much as sometimes people have the idea that like, oh, abortion is the easy way out. I don't believe it was the easy way out. I still have things that I deal with. They're just different. Right. Yeah. Um, The person that chooses to have the baby, they have things they have to deal with. It's just different than my experience. Yeah. And also a lot of this assumes that a child makes it to term. That the child is actually born, that the child becomes 9 and 16 Mm -hmm. and 37 Mm -hmm. and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, even that's one of the things I think about sometimes is like, man, I could have a 16-year-old. I could potentially not have made it to term. I could potentially have lost my child early on or at a young age. or Like, there are just so many factors Uh that I don't even know about. Um, that could have happened. And so for me, I think I, I've seen this pro-life, pro-choice debate be very polarized. And at the end of the day, I don't think it speaks to a lot of the other things that come along with deciding to have a baby or not. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of insensitivity there's not a lot of consideration sometimes for the woman that is there or the young girl that is there sure. in that space having to make a decision. Um, I used to live near a clinic and I used to drive by there every day going to work and I would see these people outside with some of the most hideous and gory looking depictions trying to convince and encourage women not to go into this clinic and have an abortion. And I was like, if this is the way y'all think you're going to win someone over, like you have lost it. Like, are we not willing to maybe have a conversation and find out what's happening in her world that has led her to think this is what she wants to do and that this is the best decision for her. But like, you having a baby, a, a baby doll on a cross looking bloody and gory, like, I mean, that's probably not going to convince me to not go up in this clinic. Right. Um, and so I, I think for me, I prefer not to choose a side because at the end sure. of the day, I don't think 
that matters. I've had people ask me, like, if you were in that situation again, would you do it again? Like, now, not back then. Yeah. And I I tell people this. I would like to think that I would not go through with aborting a child again. Um, But I have some hesitation in, in saying, like, oh, absolutely not. Um, because I think about all those what ifs and all those scenarios and all the people I've talked to that have been through all kinds of things and been in various sure. scenarios that sure. sometimes contribute to these decisions. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't feel the pressure to choose or to be on a side. Um, I just choose to like be Raphne. This is part of my I life. I was going to say. Story. I ain't never known you to feel the pressure to do nothing. Um, (laughs) Just the way that you are, you are in general, the way that God has uniquely wired you and your personality and your temperament, you don't feel the pressure to do too much of anything. Um, And so I can, I can say that that is true, not only in this, but in so many other scenarios. Um, I think when it comes to this topic, we don't stand on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I just have a different vantage point. But my vantage point is also blowing up people's lives. So who what might do you stand? mean? I feel like I probably wouldn't. I think people would probably say that I'm pro-choice. I'm sorry, not pro-choice, pro, pro-life, yes. People would probably say that I'm pro-life. Mm-hmm. However, I'm asking a bunch of questions. I'm trying to. I'm trying to spark heart combos because I know a lot of Christians who – you know, are pro-life and they're like, hey, you should just trust God. Like if God is the giver of life and allowed that girl who got assaulted or whatever, right, to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. then we should just trust God. Mm. And then I would look at those same Christians and ask them why they on birth control. I would ask those same Christians and ask them why your husband went and got a vasectomy. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just wondering. That's like, the noise I can, make, y'all, when somebody say something that I'm like, well, let me sit back. <laughs> Legit. I mean, I, I'm like, let's just, ha- if we're going to talk about it, then let's go ahead and talk about it. So you, you're not really coming from that angle, but I'm coming from, I mean, and this is coming from a person who legit, leg, I mean, this might be too much information for TV, but legitimately looked at my husband yesterday and was like, I'm sorry, are you trying to get pregnant? <laughs> like, Idiot. <laughs> like, legit. I'm not lying when I say I had it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, we might be. I don't know. We go see. You get what I mean? But but if we if we have that same attitude, hey, um, God ultimately is in control. He allowed for that young girl. Because let me do. Let me say this. I know people who would say, you know, they did it the quote unquote right way. Right? They waited and then they got married and then they, you know, went to have children and, and cannot. Womb is barren. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and have not been able to or have only experienced um, miscarriages. You know, like why? But yet, oh, girl who ain't thinking nothing about honoring God with her life or whatever. And just she just out here doing whatever she want. She got seven, eight, nine kids. You know what I'm saying? Like she could just get pregnant off of, off a of blow. You know what I'm saying? Like she got whistled at. She pregnant. What's happening? You get what I mean? Like so. So I'm just saying if we're going to be honest. I think that there are Christians who would say, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life. And these people who find themselves in these unfortunate situations need to trust God. Yet you are in a very comfortable situation. You get what I mean? With 
all of uh, the quote unquote options, you know, at your feet and you're you're not necessarily trusting God like you're doing whatever you can to keep from having another one because you've already got your 2.5 and mm. a, a fence and a dog and a you get what I'm does that make sense so I yeah. just think we need to we need to empathy is a huge factor in all of this and I can again I'm trying not to get on the soap I just gonna make that point and I'm gonna back down because let me tell you baby I got 17 more points I got 17 more questions <laughs> on both sides though for real like and because I'm like Let's just be honest. How does this is a hard combo? Like, legit, you out there with a sign, like you just bent up in arms about this. We gotta honor the Lord in this. But my, 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 you're not here for those same brown babies potentially who are being born once those brown babies become an adult. You're also not having the conversation about what does it look like to adopt these babies. Like you're not having any kind of conversations about adoption or about coming alongside these families or alongside these girls. You get what I'm saying? Like. It's just, hey, just don't kill, don't kill. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, so, and so I, I just think the conversation is a lot more broad than, to your point, this polarized perspective of left or right. You get what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, 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 <laughs> like, keep it or don't keep it. Uh, and, and again, I don't, again, I, th- I think on paper somebody would probably call me pro life, but I'm definitely like beating down the door f- for those who, think that the way to champion uh maybe god's design or his will is to is to do the things that like you said that you've seen like i'm like that's not loving at all you get what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it's not gracious at all like in the god that i serve and see in the scriptures would not had has not did not at all you get what i'm saying like function in this way you know um and if i do trust god's sovereignty and the lord allows because let's just say he allows things because we know that he does right so he allows someone to 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 abort that he could not use that in an incredible way you know what i'm saying like to bring glory to his name at a in 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 another way he could absolutely you know what i mean and we see that every that's what i'm saying we see that every day like mm-hmm. we've made decisions that have not been god honoring and god has been so so gracious to still like allow those decisions to work together for our for our good so why is this decision right here uniquely different like oh no this can't be forgiven Oh, no, this can't be like this is so atrocious. And I'm like, let me just yeah. say this. Like the consequences to our choices are different. Yes. But all of them like made them bleed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you know how I feel about about that. Like this whole like, oh, this is the really, really bad one. Mm-hmm. This is the not so bad one. I'm like, get out of here. Y'all don't y'all not reading the same Bible I'm reading. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so so that that's all I'm gonna say. I'm going back down right now. Three two one this is me backing away (laughs) and i'm gone um (laughs) anyway um this is good thank you so much for 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 sharing and again if anybody who who listens to this you know there's a few hundred people who tune in faithfully you know with us each week and we appreciate your listen and your perspective and your your willingness just to hear these dialogues about about things and i don't know if we've ever talked about anything like abortion on the show but i'm glad that we were able to kind of go there and give you some of our perspective if you ever want to share or have thoughts you know i am completely open we are completely open to hearing them i wish sometimes this could be a live show and we could have people calling caller number nine you're on (laughs) like i really wish we could go there uh but i ain't really figured out how to do that with these technological advancements and so um 
So yeah, you can always send us an email at askheartconvos at gmail.com. We will read it. We will respond to it. Um, yeah, at gmail.com. So we love you guys. Thank you again, Rapine, for sharing your story, for opening up your life so vulnerably Absolutely. to us. Um, until next time, which we're going to probably talk about the pandemic and what's going on with COVID-19 next episode, because I have mm. lots of thoughts. Yeah, okay. this is new to you, but I have lots of <laughs> thoughts. I'm for real. Listen, right now, heart combos is needed more than ever. Like before, I think people like, oh, heart combos, like that's real cute. And I can like do them or not do them. <laughs> but like right now, I'm like, listen, this is a matter of life and death. Like you and these these heart conversations. And so um, I look forward to for real, for getting on a soapbox next week uh, <laughs> with next week's episode. And I think we're also coming towards the end of season two. And so I need y'all to be preparing your hearts and minds for <laughs> for that. And so anyway, until next time, please remember, beautiful people, it is not a heart. I'm sorry. It is not a hard d -d -d -d, with a D. It is not a hard conversation. It is a heart conversation. All right. We love you guys. Peace. I love